there's so much value in owning our darkness. And I've just spent so much of my life avoiding it. And wow, it's so powerful when you come face to face with your darkness. Hello, friend. It's Wendy Valentine, your hostess with the Midlife Mostess, coming at you live from the RV. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. If you are ready to get unstuck, take courageous action, and reclaim your life, I am the wild and wise woman for you. Let me tell you, I've been there. I've gone through divorce. I was at a job I definitely didn't love. I've lost some amazing people in my life, and I have cried buckets of tears along the way. The great news is that I've made it through to the other side. Oh, yeah. My breakdown became my breakthrough. I know your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of saying yes to life. It's time to stop being stuck and stop playing small. It's time to go from surviving to thriving. If you're done living a life that doesn't set your soul on fire, this is the podcast for you. Let's get this midlife party started, shall we? Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show, or if it's your first time tuning in, then welcome to Making Over Your Midlife. Whether your life needs a full overhaul or just a little tune-up, this show is here to provide you with multiple solutions for a multitude of problems. That's one thing I've learned in my own life is that there are different solutions to different problems and for different people because we're all different, right? So what works for one person may not work for another. When I started this show, I wanted to provide my listeners with a variety of experts with different opinions and a range of healing techniques for an array of topics. Each episode is definitely not one size fits all, but I do hope that each episode will give you something to motivate and inspire you to create the next best version of you and to create a life that you love. Yes, that is my goal for you. Since you are listening to this show, most likely you're at midlife, which means that you have lived on this planet for, oh my gosh, four, five, or six decades which also means that you have experienced a lot of life so far. At this point, many of you have built careers, lost careers, gotten married, gotten divorced, raised a nest of children, emptied a nest of children, started friendships, ended friendships, gained weight, lost weight, got healthy, got sick, earned money, lost money, laughed, cried, celebrated, grieved, and on and on and on. Good or bad, happy or sad, bright days or dark days, you have experienced a lot in your life. It's the good, happy, bright days that are easy to wash, rinse, and repeat though, right? Like give me more of the good stuff. But the bad, sad, and dark days are not so easy to wash, rinse, and repeat, are they? It's those moments of grief, Sadness, anger, resentment, bitterness, depression, frustration, and disappointment that cause turmoil in our lives and are so difficult to conquer. Since we're talking about laundry here, those dark moments in life are like those stubborn, dark coffee stains you can't ever seem to get out of your white shirts. You know the ones I'm talking about. After you scrub those stains like crazy, you might decide to just throw the damn shirt in the garbage. But unfortunately, when it comes to real life issues, you can't just magically throw them away and they're gone. Wouldn't that be nice? There's no such thing as out of sight, out of mind when it comes to dealing with deep, dark issues that can stain your life and affect you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Those stubborn, dark stains will stay stuck deep down in the fabric of your being until you're able to scrub them clean. The only way to get that shirt nice, bright, and white again, just like on the Tide commercials, is to focus on that dark stain. Or like most of us, we have a ton of stains. Heck, y'all, I've had like mustard stains and ketchup stains, red wine stains, and black Sharpie stains in my life. A ton. The reality is that you can never go through life without getting a little dirty. That's what makes life 
life. The good thing is that you get good at cleaning your dirty laundry. Once you learn how to make one stain dissolve, you get good at making other stains dissolve. It's practice. So all this dirty talk (laughs) with dark, stubborn stains leads into today's topic about owning and honoring your darkness. It's about looking at those deep, stubborn stains that darken your life and how to apply the right stain remover, if you will, to make your life lighter, brighter, and happier. Today's guest is here to provide that stain remover and bring the light to your dark days. Today's guest is Winnie Chan Wang. She is a mindfulness and traditional medicine expert, international speaker, best-selling author, and a professor in acupuncture at the Alhambra Medical University. In her private practice, Winnie applies integrative medical approaches, acupuncture, mindfulness training, and Reiki to help her clients reduce fatigue, pain, anxiety, fear, and worry. She specializes in helping clients transform past their health, financial, and relationship blockages by aligning their soul, heart, mind, energy, and body. In her first daring and collaborative book, Honoring Darkness, Embrace Shadow Work to Nourish and Grow Your Power, Winnie and her co-author, G.W. Choi, challenge conventional thinking by sharing alternative ways of healing. Winnie has four science degrees, worked at Goldman Sachs on Wall Street before giving herself a midlife makeover, woohoo, go Winnie, to become a healthcare professional and energy healer. Without further ado, please welcome Winnie Chan Wang. Winnie Chan Wang, welcome to the show. It's the Winnie Windy Show. (laughs) (laughs) Winnie and Windy, oh my gosh. So tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do what you do. Yeah, I just want to take a moment and really tell everybody how incredibly excited I am to be here with Wendy because I was listening to one of her podcast episodes and she declared that she is a badass mofo. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, that's my soul sister right there. I am also... um, you know, if I were to give myself a bio in one sentence, I would say I'm a badass mofo. Enough. And I love it. That's it. Just put stop. I, you know, I think that everyone who is listening to this podcast is just so blessed to be sitting in your field of authenticity, you know, mm-hmm. sitting in your strength and your vulnerability. And wow, I was listening to the seven steps to freedom. And I was like taking notes. I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. (laughs) So the long and short story is that, you know, I've also went through periods of darkness in my life. And in fact, I wrote a book about it called Honoring Darkness, Embrace Shadow Work to Nourish and Grow Your Power, because we needed to go through the darkness in order to be in the light, right? So I... And it so happens that I have four science degree. So I did go to MIT and my degrees are in computer science, finance. Yes, I used to work on Wall Street, um, marketing from NYU. And then I also have a four-year Chinese medicine degree. Wow. Yeah. So basically, I'm really, really, really nerdy. And after I have been through these really dark moments in my life, And I thought to myself, if I only had three more months to live, Mm -hmm. what is the legacy that I want to leave behind? You know, if I just died in three three months, what is it that I want to leave behind? And what I really want to do is write a Bible Mm -hmm. on shadow work. You know, I think step two, you talk about reset, right? So reset is where you look at all the things, the limiting conversations, all the things that are holding you back. Well, yeah. And step one is freedom. You go to a talk therapist, but sometimes when we heal, it feels very, you know, okay, there's no direction today. I'm talking about grief. 
Then I'm talking about fear. And there doesn't seem to be like a systematic roadmap, mm-hmm. right? Like part of what I love about the seven step to freedom is like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. So I was like, how can we bring a systematic approach to doing the shadow work so that it's not just going to a thought talk therapist and I don't know how many sessions it's going to take. I mean, of course, you know, in healing, we can't really control the outcome, but because I'm also a professor, right? I'm used to teaching these, you know, 10 week courses, 11 week courses. And I was like, well, what if I designed a 10 week course, which, you know, in the book, there's this 10 shadows where, you know, just systematically, if you do the exercises every week, then at the end of the 10 and 11 weeks, you're going to end up on the other side. Right. Mm. So, so the really nerdy part of me, is like, how can I categorize, you know, the reset that needs to happen into 10 or 11 weeks in such a way that if you just buy the book, do the course exercises, then you end up on the other side. Right. Yeah. So, so tell me that I'm curious, what is, what were some of the, the dark moments in your life? Like what was your largest, darkest moment that you had to get through? Yeah. So before I talk about my darkest moment, I just want to paint a picture, um, a couple of years back. Right. Mm-hmm. So like most people, I've had a lot of trauma and up until a certain point. And so I actually had a near-death car accident that was like my awakening, right? And I realized that, oh my God, my whole life I've either lived in anger, which is holding grudges in the past, or I've lived in fear, which is worrying about the future. And I just wasted my whole life and I didn't live in the now. And when I didn't die from the car accident, that's actually when I started meditating and I started Reiki. And what happened was I was spiritual bypassing because all day I'm chanting mantras, I'm manifesting and I'm like, love and light, love and light, love and light, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And what I didn't realize is it's good to practice love, life, forgiveness, compassion. But what I was doing was suppressing and avoiding looking at myself. I was not taking responsibility of myself. You know, I I actually wrote about this in the book about how, you know, in the beginning days when I was a Reiki practitioner, I would actually like point the finger at people and judge them. I'm like, oh my God, like that person is low vibration. They don't meditate (laughs) and, you know, they don't do love and light and they don't forgive. And so I did a lot of like judging, competing, comparing, and all the things that you're not supposed to do. And that actually led to my divorce. Mm. And so the divorce is the darkest thing because when that happened, I was like, oh, insert cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> Any cuss word, yeah. Okay, okay. So I, I, my ego got crushed, right? Because I was like, oh my God, like my whole life, you know, I have been taking money from my clients, talking about love and light. And here I am with a failed relationship. Like, this is the report card, right? I, mm. I get to look at the reality and be really honest with myself and be like, oh my God, you know, I felt like a fraud and I felt like, you know, I've just been pretending that I'm love and light, but actually deep down, there's all this unhealed anger and fear and etc. And so I then went through many nights of darkness, you know, where I, I really came to face to face with my darkness and I did so much shadow work that when I end up on the other side, I'm like, oh my God, I have to write a Bible on shadow work. Also because I really want all the other talk therapists and all the other Reiki healers and just regular high school teacher, whatever it is that you do, there's so much value in owning our darkness. Mm -hmm. And 
I've just spent so much of my life avoiding it. And wow, it's so powerful when you come face to face of your darkness. And, you know, I, I, one in one of your podcast episodes, you talk about using fear as a motivator. So fear yeah. is the fourth shadow in the book. And certainly it is because of fear that I have four science degrees. You know, I, it's not because I was aligned with or know what I'm doing. I'll tell you a funny story. Okay. So <laughs> when I went to MIT, I was so computer illiterate. I don't even know how to type a URL in the browser. <laughs> And my first degree is in computer science. And the reason why I had a computer science degree was because my dad said, hey, if you have a computer science degree, you will never be unemployed because somebody will always hire someone with a computer science degree. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. So that's how I had my first degree in computer science. And then I realized that you pay one flat tuition. It doesn't matter if you take three classes or six classes per quarter. So it's like fear of missing out. Then I took my second degree in finance because I'm like, hey, it's like all you can eat buffet. If I pay the same money and I get more degrees, that's good. So fear (laughs) of missing out, I got a second degree. And then, you know, I had, it's funny, the name of this podcast is midlife makeover. Yeah. Yeah. So my first job out of college, I worked on wall street, but I'm really not a wall street kind of girl. And so I wanted to reinvent myself and I wanted to reinvent, but I have a lot of fear because I know that what I really want to do is help people, you know, as medicine or healing, but I bought an MCAT book And because I didn't take any of the biochem in college and I tried to get into med school without taking those prerequisites. And I was like, oh, my God, this doesn't work. And so fear of working too hard towards Mm -hmm. my dream. So instead of studying medicine, I copped out. I just did a marketing degree because, you know, it's easier, you know, it's easier than medicine. And then finally, I had this spinal injury that was, you know, causing everything in my body to hurt. Mm -hmm. So shoulder pain, neck pain, lower back pain, hip pain, ankle pain, knee pains, just like every morning I wake up with pain. So it's fear of living in pain the rest of my life that drove me to get my fourth degree. Interesting. Yeah. So definitely fear has propelled me forward and made me incredibly successful, you know, fear Mm -hmm. of doing badly in the class turned me into a perfectionist. So I study so hard that I end up being the valedictorian of my med school. So it's really funny how fear really can make you work really hard towards your goal. But now I actually shifted out of using fear as a motivator because Using fear as a motivator can only get you so far. Yeah. You know, by that, I mean, let's face it. I love the couch and I really don't, (laughs) I really don't mind just lying on the couch and watching TV for hours and, you know, just eating on the couch. (laughs) So using fear, it's like, well, I make enough money, mm-hmm. right? I have enough clients. I have a good enough lifestyle. So I don't have fear anymore. I can stay in this comfort zone, which is, you know, I live in Pasadena, California. I can be a small town local healer. Or if I really believe that I have a message for the world and I want to play a bigger game that's beyond meeting Winnie's personal survival needs, right? I'm, I'm not operating from fear and survival anymore, but it's operating from how can I serve others? Believing yeah. in a cause that's bigger than me, right? Believing in making the world a better place. 
So instead of being motivated by fear, I'm now motivated by a cause that's bigger than me. I love it. Oh my gosh. You're so good. I'm so impressed. So one of the things that popped in my mind was um, when I was getting certified in positive psychology. And one of the most important lessons I learned from the whole thing was that we're human beings being human. Like we're just, you know, so like, and all wrapped up into a human being is fear. And I mean, as you know, right, like with fear, we're, our bodies are trained, fight, flight, freeze. Instead, I mean, you and I both have lived lives of like, let's run towards this thing, you know, like, let's go, like, come on, like, like as a badass mofo, as you said, you know, it's like, and uh, yesterday I had, uh, I was writing, a some magazine or something wanted me to write an article or something for them. And the question was, when have you taken a, a big risk in your life or really gone out there? And I thought about the things that I have done and some people would think like, it's crazy, but I'm like, is that what you're supposed to do? You know? And I was thinking about a diamond, right? And as you know, a diamond, the way a diamond is formed is under pressure. So that's like when you were talking about all the steps that you went through and all the things, you know, it's like basically, yeah, you're putting yourself under pressure so that you can become, you you can become more radiant and you can shine more and you do bring out the light more, the more that you embrace the darkness and embracing darkness is takes a lot a ton of courage. And I I think as, especially with the midlifers that I speak to all the time, that's their, their biggest thing is like, I think by the time you do get to midlife, you have so much stuff that's piled up so much darkness that it's like, you know, you're like, Oh my God. And some people just think it's too much. I can't even like, where do I start with the darkness? And so I think it's so important in order to get to the light, because we are made up of light and the darkness, in order to get to that light, we do have to embrace that. We have to face it. So what do you think What going through your divorce? What was the biggest, like, was there a turning point where you're like, okay, no more darkness. I'm done with this. What was that turning point for you? Really interesting is... Um, In spiritual practice, we have this concept of oneness, right? Mm -hmm. We have this concept that every relationship is a mirror Mm. and that everything that triggers me about the other person is just a reflection of me. So as you can imagine, when you go through a divorce, whatever you point the finger at the other person And this is what my beloved spiritual teacher says. If you point one finger at the other person, how many fingers are you pointing at yourself, right? So everything that I ever blamed my ex-husband for, okay, he has anger issues, or he hasn't done enough healing of his childhood, or, you know, he's whatever. And whatever he said about me, it's actually about him. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, it's really funny because I remember like one week after we decided to have a divorce, I came to this river and I literally did the exercise of writing down everything that ever pissed me off about my ex. (laughs) And then I just deleted all the he and put I. Mm. And so that is a very radical way of taking responsibility, you know, is is to recognize whatever anger issue that is in him is in me. Whatever Mm -hmm. unhealed father wound that he has is in me. And so by doing this process over and over again, each time we're actually purifying. And then eventually we get to the state that we literally don't get triggered anymore. Or when we do Mm -hmm. in 90 seconds, we can come back to who we are. And I want to give you a little bit background about why it is so important to do shadow work and why I wrote this book, even though, you know, I'm an acupuncturist, the shadows is what causes problems in the body. Mm -hmm. 
right? Because the body keeps the score. So what gets stuck mm-hmm. turns into illness. One example is one time I had a client, a uh, first-time client. She found me on Yelp and she called me and said, Winnie, I um, don't mm-hmm. know why, but I'm losing my eyesight. Can you help me? And I'm like, okay, I can't promise any result, but come in. Let's see what, what's going on. And so I asked her, okay, how long have you not been able to see? And she said, I haven't been able to see for about three months in my left eye. I said, okay. So in traditional Chinese medicine, we learned that anger is stored in the liver and liver opens in the eyes. Mm. So then I asked her the question. I said, what is the most frustrating thing that happened to you about three months ago? And then she said, well, I was with my sister in Santa Fe. We were at a spiritual retreat, but we got into this big fight. And then my sister set boundaries with me. She gave me the silent treatment. And I got really angry because I felt like I didn't deserve to be shut off. Like we Mm. should have a talk it out. And she just blocked me. And I said, bingo. So we did a forgiveness practice. And in one session, she fully recovered her eyesight. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, we, you can call this quote healing miracle, but it's really not me doing anything, but it's that person acknowledging her shadow. Right. And it's her choosing to do a forgiveness practice because just because I say, hey girl, you should do a forgiveness practice. But if she doesn't genuinely vibrate forgiveness, that wasn't going to heal her eyes, right? So I am only her guide in diagnosing and guiding the practice, but she has to actually feel and radiate forgiveness to heal her own eyes. So ultimately any work that we do in shadow work is 50, 50, because I'm the guy, but you have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, she had to take a look at her darkness, no pun intended. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and of yeah. course, you know, a lot of the anger is anger, angry with herself, right? She said something she shouldn't have said that caused her sister to be angry. So the forgiveness practice is not just forgiving her sister, but also forgiving herself for having said the things that she did, right? Right. Yeah. So it's really funny you talk about your listeners and having this midlife crisis Mm. and feeling like, oh, I don't even know where to begin or it's so scary to actually face the shadow. And I do want to make the point that no one should do shadow work alone Mm. because you don't want to be in a dark place by yourself and get stuck in the dark place. You want to have somebody holding your hand that says, I am never, ever, ever going to let go of your hand until I walk with you out of that tunnel. Right. And something that I really love about something I heard in your podcast episode is that you have walked yourself out of the darkness into the light. And that's why you are able and you're willing to Mm -hmm. walk through the darkness with somebody else and with them into the light. And so I really feel like we're like so sisters. (laughs) I am one of the guides that can help you really hold your hand and walk you into the light. And so I would recommend to any of the listeners out there, Mm -hmm. there's three ways to do shadow work. The first way is private one-to-one. So you can work with a talk therapist, you can work with Wendy privately Mm -hmm. or me, you know, Mm -hmm. private session. The second would be a group coaching program, you know, where they get on Zoom calls once a week. And, you know, I know I have one of the containers. I think, Wendy, you also have like a four-week mm-hmm. course, right? Yeah. So yeah. the second possibility is a group coaching. Mm-hmm. And then the third possibility is if you are connected to the spiritual realm and you have a guide. So, for example, if you are a Jesus lover, then you can say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to go look at the deepest, darkest part of myself and please hold my hand and never, ever let go until I'm on the other side. And I do want to share um, this one part in my book 
there was this day after the divorce when I actually had thoughts of ending myself, you know, mm. really dark thoughts. My ex is my rock and my best friend for 19 years. And it was so painful for me mm. to lose him. And I felt like, well, if I could be just abandoned or discarded, that whatever 19 years that I put in doesn't mean anything to him and he can just cut me off and give me whatever boundaries or silence treatment, then like, what's the point of living anymore? And it so happened that it was actually Easter Sunday. And so I, I just prayed. I said, okay, like I am going to go face the deepest heart darkest part of me, which is the part of me that is suicidal, you know, in my younger days, when I was eight, 13 and 24, I have had dark thoughts, but part of me was afraid of the dark thoughts. So I have suppressed myself and just be like, Oh, I don't want to go there. You know, yeah. especially ever since I became a mom, I'm like, Winnie, don't even think about going there. Don't even entertain the dark thoughts of suicide, because like, you can't afford that, you know, your, your children are dependent on you. But this time it's different because I said, well, how am I going to serve my clients who are suicidal if I haven't made peace with the part of me that's suicidal? So I said, okay, Jesus, let's, let's hold my hand. Let's go do this. And yeah. And it was really funny because my complete trust allowed me to go into the deepest, darkest part of myself and then come back. And when I came out, it was just the sweetest peace mm. I've ever experienced. And it's so funny because I've only had to do that one time and then I never had to do it again. And the very next day, the universe sent me two clients who were suicidal. Wow. And never, ever before. So it's, you know, we talk about everything happens in divine timing. Mm -hmm. Up until that point, I've never manifested any clients who are so dark. But as soon as I did the shadow work, then the next day, the very next day, I got two clients who have suicidal thoughts. I was like, okay, this is why I have to trust the universe because the universe is going to let me serve to the extent that I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like your darkest moments can bring the brightest moments. Yes, right? yes. 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 Yeah. And I think I can't remember in that one podcast, I might've talked about my brother and my brother suffered from addiction, like to the nth degree, like horrible. And so throughout my entire life and throughout his life, like I had to really face the darkness, his darkness and the darkness in our relationship, which ended up becoming darkness in myself. And it's interesting that now, like, as you were talking about that, the more that I did leap into all of that, the universe, God, you know, the net appeared. Like, here you go. It's going to be all right. So, and it's interesting now that he has passed, there's so much more light that's come out of it. And it's, it's almost like, okay face this darkness and this, this will, it's guaranteed to be on the other side. It's like the duality dichotomy of life, right? You wouldn't know, there's no way if everything was bright and fluffy and wonderful all the time, we wouldn't know darkness and vice versa. So it's, I think it's so fascinating the way that you've embraced it all and just said, okay, let's, let's go, let's do it. So tell me some about more of the shadows, the different types of shadows. Yeah. So there are 10 of them. Mm -hmm. So it's grief, anger, denial, fear, unworthiness, the inner drama queen that creates conflict, survival, <laughs> scarcity mindset, taking everybody for granted, manipulation, and shame. Wow. So yeah, it's a very systematic approach. <laughs> A lot of shadows. Yeah. yeah. Somebody hold my hand through. Yeah. <laughs> so throughout the book, you were saying that you see you, it's like a 10 week, 11 week process and, uh, and basically approaching each one of those shadows, meeting yeah. those shadows. 
So basically the idea is there is a gift in every single shadow. Just like you said, fear Mm -hmm. has motivated you to do certain things. Mm -hmm. For example, anger, the gift of anger is protection. Mm. You know, I've actually had over 10 Me Too's in my life. And the reason is because I was raised not in this country, but in, you know, parts of Asia where we were bred to be submissive. Mm. And we were bred to be nice and smile and not have anger. And, you know, when somebody takes advantage of us, it's like, okay, we just take it. You know, we're Mm -hmm. not, we're not like, we've been domesticated. So there's no anger that comes out and be like, you know, cuss word, you can't do that to me. Here's a boundary, right? So it's like, I wasn't able to protect myself from the me too's in my life because I was disconnected from my anger. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's not that anger is just terrible and bad and useless and we should make it go away, but we need to embrace the anger. And so now I really believe that the best defense is no defense. So what that means is like, I don't think about, I need to set a boundary with you or him or whatever. I just walk around because I know I don't need to be rigid in my boundaries. I'm so in touch with everything and all my shadow. Oh, if you try to mess with me, my anger is going to go zero to 60 in one (laughs) second. You know, like I don't need to be like, I can't talk to you. I need space because you know what? If you piss me off, you're going to hear from me because my anger is ready to like show up in full force. So instead of thinking, oh, should I set a boundary with you? You know, blah, blah, blah. It's like I walk around without defense. Oh, but if you try to mess with me, my anger is ready to go, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) And I think actually um, a lot of the, a lot of the guests that I've had on the show recently, boundaries is a very, very big topic. And that's something for me, I actually, I think the darkness is, has been one of my greatest teachers and even like my brother, like he was my greatest teacher through the anger and through all of that. Like I learned so much from the addicts that were in my life. And from that, I realized like with, with setting boundaries, I didn't have to, um, I could set the boundary without even stating the boundary. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like nowadays people are like, okay, this is the boundary, just so you know. And and I have kind of felt like that subtle boundary, it's like they know the boundary without even having to state the boundary, which I think, it's so funny. It's like, as I do these interviews, like I have all these revelations during like, which is awesome. I learned so much. I learned so much just from, other people's darkness and how they got through it and what they're doing. Because think about this is so amazing because if you had not embraced your darkness, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now and being able to help others see again in so many ways, you know? Yeah. So I do want to modify that for the average listener they mm-hmm. probably should have a lot of boundaries because yeah. you haven't done that amount of work where yeah. you're, you know, like I am ready to set boundary in one second. That's what I mean. It's yeah. like, I don't yeah. have to, I don't have to analyze where my boundary is because right. I trust that my organic boundary will erect in one second. Right. Yes. So yep. it's not that I don't have boundary, but my, yeah. my boundary is real time. <laughs> Right. Right. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And and so for other people who haven't done so much shadow work, it's probably necessary to Mm -hmm. have the boundaries to protect themselves. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And the other point is the most important boundary that I set is with myself, Mm -hmm. you know, 
And it is making a choice, you know, in one of your episodes, you said, okay, well, I can either do nothing and stay the same, or I can say enough is enough. I'm going to do whatever it takes to pull myself out. Right. Right. So setting boundaries with ourselves is also making the choice. Mm -hmm. I always say that if I want to collect all the evidence of why I'm a victim and people hurt me and they don't deserve my time or love or whatever, I'm going to be right. And if I want to declare that everyone loves me and everyone supports me, I'm going to collect all the evidence that I am really infinitely love supported and protected by the universe. Mm -hmm. So another word for boundary is making a choice to committing to your well-being, right? It's, it's, yes. it's, it is practicing a commitment. So it's kind of like, well, we all deserve happiness and we all can have happiness, but it takes work. It takes discipline. It takes commitment, it right? Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, it's this idea that no matter how many times I fall or fail, I'm not just going to sit and sulk on the couch forever. Well, okay, maybe I'll give myself a pity party for half an hour <laughs> or something. But then eventually I'm going to get myself up standing again. Right. Right. So it's this commitment that I'm not going to let that victim part of me control my life. Mm -hmm. So I think that is the biggest boundary that I set with myself is to choosing Mm -hmm. to choose to be a warrior over and over again. Right. Instead of a worrier. Yes. (laughs) A warrior versus a warrior. You know, something you said earlier about um, getting triggered and then just being able to, from doing all the shadow work, when you do get triggered here on out, you're able to overcome it much quicker than you had in the past. And I... I think that's that's so that's the reward. I feel <laughs> like if there's a reward that's given to to really leaping into the darkness, it's that is that when darkness does creep into your life, and it will, it's guaranteed. I mean, there's no way. Who is it that said? Was it Buddha that said, um, "Pain is inevitable, tr- um, suffering is optional"? I think. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's true. Like we're human beings. We are going to encounter pain. We're going to encounter darkness. It's all part of life. It's, and, but we can choose whether or not we suffer. And even if we, like you said, even if it's, I'm going to sit on the couch and suffer for, okay, I'm going to give it an hour. (laughs) And then eventually it's like, no more, you know? And I think, kind of tying this back into with the boundaries. It is setting that boundary within yourself and saying, okay, we're, we're not going to suffer for this much longer. We're not going to do this to ourselves. And I think it's almost like taking, taking a sand, a stand against the shadows and um, setting the boundaries with the shadows, right? We've had patriarchy for a long time, which is a lot of duality. Mm-hmm. and preference for the light. And we like to say, okay, shadow, you're bad. We want to banish you, get rid of you, release you, make mm-hmm. you go away. And the feminine principle is to love it, hold it, embrace it, allow it, appreciate it. You know, okay. So I appreciate my anger that it, you know, it can show up to protect me when somebody tries to take advantage of me. I can appreciate my fear as motivating me to, you know, take care of myself. Right. You know, I, I can appreciate the denial because, hey, maybe I needed that denial so that I wouldn't have really dark thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't ready to do the shadow work, right? Not everybody's ready. That's the thing. Right. right. Um, and I really appreciate the grief to help me understand just how much I loved something and now I lost it, right? Like Mm -hmm. grief is really showing how deeply you love something. Right. And we want Mm -hmm. to completely validate the darkness. Hey, you know what? If 10 people were going through a divorce, 10 people will be sad. 
you know, if mm-hmm. 10 people had me too, 10 people would be angry. Like to have so much compassion and validation for the things that happened to us, but not to get stuck there, right? But right. that we actually want to move past it, move towards the light. And so shadow work is not just, okay, let's look at the shadow and acknowledge that they exist, but it's very much going towards the light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my teacher, Dr. and Master Ji Gang Sha, he teaches the 10 Da, which is the 10 greatest attribute. So they are love, forgiveness, compassion, light, humility, harmony, flourishing, gratitude, service, and enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So my 10 shadow is actually the opposite side of my teacher's 10 greatest attributes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, you know, when you do a course with me, we're not just like looking at fear for like the whole time, but we're looking at fear for the first half of it right. so that we can share and validate each other. But then we're actually doing the love and light, the practice so that we transform the darkness into light. So there's a lot of integration. You know, we do shine the light on the darkness so that you actually get out. Right. Right. Yeah. It's embracing all of it, right? The negative and the positive and yeah, can't, can't do, can't have one without the other. That's for sure. Yeah. So I have so enjoyed this. I really have. I feel like I want to, well, and I always watch the, um, my interviews whenever I'm done with them, because then I take my notes and then I record, you know, my, my, uh, midlife nuggets of wisdom. And I'm looking forward to listening to this again, because I feel there's so many, so many good nuggets, even for myself personally, but definitely for the audience too. But I, I really, really, really appreciate it. I'm so glad, again, that you've embraced your darkness because you're definitely shining so much light into the world. Yeah, I hope every listener becomes a badass mofo also. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what we're all about, dang it. <laughs> so tell everyone where we can find you. Yeah, so my website is www mindfulhealingheart.com. And so on the website, you can find private session with me. You can buy the book and take course. Once a month, I have some Mm -hmm. free webinar going on and there's just tons of free content. And I'm also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And I love doing these one minute short videos to share some of the things I'm learning in real time, because really we got to all do this together, you know? Yeah, you are so right. Yeah. I'm going to definitely follow you on Instagram. So (laughs) all the little uh, motivational reels that are out there are so awesome. And I think that's so important too, because I was listening to something earlier about sometimes, you know, we're all so busy and, and it's great just to get those little bits of wisdom that we can, and you never know sometimes like for us, it might, seem like, okay, we've done the shadow work. Okay. But for somebody else, it could be just so powerful and to get them through a dark time. Yeah. I find that no matter how much work I've done, I'm still a work in progress. (laughs) And it doesn't matter how much I'm an expert. I still love learning from other experts. Like when I listened to your seven steps of freedom, I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. (laughs) Thank you so much. You were you were a wonder Winnie. Thank we're you. The, <laughs> we're the wonder Winnie Wendy's. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much and stay in touch. Thank you everybody for listening. Bye. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, there is so much value to owning your darkness. Number two, fear can be motivating, but fear as a motivator can only take you so far. Number three, everything that triggers you about another person is a reflection of you. Number four, the shadows are what causes problems in the body because the body keeps the score. What gets stuck causes illness. Number five, 
Your darkest moments can bring the brightest moments. Yes. Number six, there is a gift in every shadow. Number seven, the most important boundary is the one you set with yourself. Number eight, setting boundaries is making the choice to commit to your well-being. Choose to be a warrior over and over again. Number nine, grief can show you how deeply you love something or someone. And finally, this is my favorite one, number 10 from Winnie and Wendy, you are a badass mofo. Oh my gosh, I absolutely adore you, Winnie. You are such an amazing light worker, bringing the light into so many people's lives. Please check out Winnie's website at mindfulhealingheart.com. Follow her on Instagram and contact her to help lead you through the darkness. If you'd like to see this interview on video, please subscribe to the Midlife Makeover Show YouTube channel. And if you're not already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy underscore Valentine underscore, where it's always a party on my page. The party is about to get louder too, because the Midlife Makeover Show will be going live on Instagram every week, starting the first week of August. The cool thing about Instagram Lives is that you can meet new guests live on the show. You can ask questions and you can even come up on stage to be a guest on the show. They are a lot of fun. Also, check out the courses tab on my website at wendyvalentine.com where you can learn more about the Midlife Makeover Method online course. This course is actually a great way to begin your journey of making over your midlife. This simple course, and it is very, very simple, will help you discover what is and is not working in your life and will provide you with the techniques to help you make lasting changes. I encourage you to watch the video on the courses page and it will tell you all about this awesome course. Okay, thanks for listening, you guys, to today's show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or make you spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are a few ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it onto social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer who needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Okay, friend. I am so grateful for you, and I can't wait to hear from you. Cheers from the RV. Here's to taking the road less traveled.